Hi, this is Hustle Talks. Welcome back. I'm Julian Gitcham. I'm an architect and I was part of the team who designed a new visitor centre at the Jodrell Bank Observatory in Cheshire, England. Jodrell Bank is home to the mighty Lovell Telescope, one of the world's most powerful radio telescopes. It's huge. The dish is 76 metres across and it listens to the stars inspiring scientists across generations to search for answers to some of our biggest questions. And the First Light Pavilion is the visitor centre Hassel designed to complement this place of groundbreaking discovery. The centre is a grass-covered dome and engineering feet buried in the earth alongside the dish. It is circular in shape, which references the form and exact size of the Lovell Telescope. First Light Pavilion brings radio astronomy principles to life for the hundreds of thousands of people, young and old, who visit the site every year. In April earlier this year, the design took out top honours at the 64th Annual Civic Trust Awards held in London, which was a real thrill for the design team, our collaborators and our client, University of Manchester. We are over the moon about it. Which brings me to today's episode, an encore of the conversation I had with the minds behind a huge festival held at Jodrell Bank. It's a festival that inspires, educates and brings curious people together across interests and disciplines. I'm talking about the Music Science Culture Arts Festival Blue Dot, which is about to take place again in the UK, and at which my colleague Xavier de Castellier will be speaking about interplanetary habitation. Do check him out if you're going along. My guests for this conversation, recorded in 2022, are Teresa Anderson, MBE. She is a British physicist and the director of the University of Manchester's Discovery Centre at Jodrell Bank Observatory. She has a PhD in electrical engineering and a master's in fine art. I'm Professor of Astrophysics and Associate Director of Jodrell Bank Centre for Astrophysics at the University of Manchester, Tim O'Brien. Teresa and Tim are inspirational communicators around the benefits of crossing the thresholds of thinking and thinking big. We worked closely during the design and delivery of First Light Pavilion and had many fascinating conversations. In this chat, I wanted to explore some of those wonderfully mingled ideas of inspiring experiences and education, like First Light and Blue Dot, and how designers like me and my colleagues can and are creating inclusive, innovative, multidisciplinary and problem-solving campuses that will find the answers to questions here on Earth and beyond. Enjoy the episode. I should probably just declare an interest at this point because Tim and I are married to each other, (laughs) which we haven't yet said. (laughs) And we're a husband and wife team and we do quite a lot of, you know, weird and wacky things together, like, for example, weird events at Jodrell Bank and, you know, making Jodrell Bank a World Heritage Site and things. And one of the things we... Small things like that. Yeah, little (laughs) things like that. And one of the things that we are very interested in, and it's because we've both got science backgrounds, massive science backgrounds, is the fact that as far as we're concerned, science is part of culture. But people who are kind of more steeped in the culture side of things don't seem to see science like that. You know, a lot of people who don't have a science background think that science is something different. When as far as we're concerned, it's, you know, it's a, a realm of human endeavour. It takes creativity, a lot of grit, a lot of patience, diligence, you know, discipline, all of those things that everything takes if you're going to be good at it. And so we wanted to sort of, you know, express that um, and explore that with as many people as possible and 
you know, people who are interested in culture are perhaps a bit, I don't know if they're intimidated by science, but, you know, can't find a route in. So we wanted to just, you know, take down the barriers a bit. And have a bit of fun, obviously, because <laughs> it is fun. Come and have some fun and, and sort of learn something as well. I think that's why I was so particularly interested in it in terms of the learning environment and how we translate that into, you know, the next generation of thinkers, you know. So, so Blue Dot's obviously got a huge range of people coming to it and you also have a huge range of people coming to the Discovery Centre starting with the very young, you know, primary or preschool age. Uh, and um, I think I'm, I'm sort of interested in, in if you, you said something, Teresa, earlier about how some people still don't get it, um, you know, how they want to categorise it. And, and that's the, the brilliant thing about it is you can't. Just, just sort of thinking a bit more then about um, the sort of the the students that that you both are working with, and you know, so those on campus at Manchester University, and those coming and researching, and those professionals and academics working uh, at at Jodrell Bank. Um, what what do you think that um, we could bring to those environments to make them? work even better because a lot of the work that we're now trying to to do when designing spaces for uh research is to not have um categorization to make sure that it's as interdisciplinary as possible basically so you're not having any silos and i'm wondering what we can bring to that thinking that we might be able to uh learn from these experiences that you've had in a way you need you need all these things. You need you need silos and you need interdisciplinary. I don't think you can get because to make progress in in a particular field, you do need to immerse yourself in that field, and you need to surround yourself with people who are um, also working in that field and are experts in that field. You're not going to make progress if you only talk to people from outside of your field. But equally. If you are only to talk to people inside your field, you're going to miss out on different um, ways of doing things, different approaches, different questions. So it's quite, I mean, it's, you know, it's not, it's a difficult answer, isn't it? Because you're right, interdisciplinary is important, but don't, you know, we shouldn't forget that people need quiet spaces. They need spaces to be with them, you know, with themselves and with the thoughts uh, as well as with other people. But then having some spaces where you intersect where you clearly can work with the people who are the experts in the exact thing you're working on. Uh, I mean, we're doing we're doing a course at the yes. moment um, for undergraduates uh, at Manchester. We've got a, an area of the university called the uh, University College of Interdisciplinary Learning, UCIL, UCIL. Mm. Um, and its aim is actually to put on courses that are open to students from across the university. So students are given an experience of a, of a subject outside of the primary um, field of, um, of study. And so we're, um, myself, uh, Mike Garrett, who's in Jodrell as well, uh, a biologist um, and, a, and a person working in culture um, and the media, um, have, put, have, have developed a course on um, aliens, basically. So alien life, extraterrestrial right. life. And, and, it's, and it's interdisciplinary from the outset um, because, because it, 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 that idea that 
you know, we use our radio telescopes to search for extraterrestrial signals. We do. We just in case extraterrestrials are sending us messages. Um, it would be remiss of us not to be not to be looking. So we do do that. Um, <laughs> and we haven't found any yet. I can't announce that on your podcast, I'm afraid. But uh, we, 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 <laughs> that was the real, wasn't it? Just 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 let you know straight off. You're not getting an exclusive. Um, but we haven't yet found any. But we, we could, right? There could there could easily be extraterrestrials mm. out there. So there's a whole science. There's a whole area of science that. You know, has physics and, and astrophysics in it, has technical engineering aspects to it, searching for extraterrestrials. It then spills over into biology. What is life anywhere? What sort of extraterrestrial life might exist? What's the requirements for life? But then it has this whole cultural uh, dimension. You know, how, how, how do we feel about what, what do we mean by aliens, extraterrestrials? How do we, how are they represented in, in literature, in, in, in film and, and so on. And so, you know, that course is very, is very interesting, you know, for us, we get students from across the university taking it and it's all online. Um, and it's been very popular and, uh, and I think we've really enjoyed teaching it and hearing from people with these different perspectives. But I think with the First Light project, uh, that place, um, everybody that I've spoken to and my own experience of it as well is that people will hopefully um, turn up and go, good grief, wow, this is amazing. You, you know, what a place. I never thought this was here. Is that Was that your vision for the project? And is that kind of in the context of this sort of learning experience? Yeah, I, I think that's, we both decided that's what we wanted. And it's a challenge, you know, at Jodrell, because at Jodrell we have the Lovell Telescope, the grade one listed, amazing, yes. massive icon of science. <laughs> And to create something, you know, people get off a, a coach or a, out of a car and go, wow, and, and see it from the hills and what have you. And so, so to have yes. something else, another structure at the site that doesn't compete with the Lovell, but actually, you know, is in the <clears throat> same vein, it's about humanity's relationship with the sky, is amazing. And every person I've taken to show them around so far has said, wow, they've said, really? wow. Yeah. Every single yeah. person has walked <laughs> up Fantastic. the little approach that we've got between the two hedges. There's a little bit of a reveal, yes. let's face it, at the end. Yes, and everybody's was, gone, yes. wow, that's amazing. And then when they get inside, yeah. there's another wow because of that amazing window that's, you know, the meridian yes. line. That's the internal sundial within the building, you know, like yes. those structures yeah. like Newgrange. And it's in that tradition. And in, in fact, it's really funny. We had a meeting of the World Heritage Site Steering Group and, you know, people came from UNESCO and what have you, and we took them to see it and they all went, wow. And then because they know about the heritage, one of them said, oh, my God, it's like Newgrange. It's like, you know, and they suddenly came out with all these ar archaeological, historical, yes. millennia-old you know, references to these structures yes. that connect to the sky. And that's what Tim and I really thought at the start. You know, when yes. we're writing the funding bids, writing the spare, everything, that's yes. what we'd asked for. So, yeah, yeah we're delighted journey. with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's, isn't it a brilliant example of that combination of culture and history and science together, all working together uh, yeah. and just, you know, and, and creating that, that experience? So, uh, so I suppose that there's a, it's interesting, isn't it, that the, the whole 
Jodrell Bank place and site and World Heritage site. Do you do you bring students, um, undergraduates, postgrads, early career researchers, etc., to the site as uh, often? Mm. I mean, I'm sure they do. They study much on on. Yeah. Undergraduates come out in the in the first week. Uh, the, the when they arrive at university, they have a special sort of visit to see the place, basically. Um, so so there's buses that bring people out to have a tour around. But then, then of course, they actually use it as part of their studies. So there's both, um, you know, as, as they go through in a degree in physics, they uh, they use the telescopes at Jodrell remotely initially. Um, so over over via a web interface, um, they can use one of our telescopes here, um, and then uh, then we bring them out to use the telescopes personally. So they come and visit later in their degree, and then of course the the, the researchers uh, use it all the time. So I mean, we use. You know, you don't have to be at a telescope to use it. I mean, you know, I use telescopes on spacecraft. And rather sadly, I don't get to go to the spacecraft um, to use them. So we actually make a special point for the the group, for the research group that makes most use of the Lovell telescope, which is the Pulsar uh, group. Um, They actually come out to Jodrell uh, once a week, especially. And the reason, the only reason for doing that, in fact was so that they could see the telescope that takes the data with which they were working. Otherwise, they, we could have just left them in Manchester on campus and they could have downloaded the data and gone on with it. But we felt it was important for them to have that uh, that connection. And it's, it is an emotional connection as well with the, with the telescope, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we also have master students coming in from School of Arts, Languages and Cultures now, so... You know, master students in cultural practice come and do internships with us and since we've you know created this center and blue dot and what have you and also the world heritage site so we now you know are are being interdisciplinary <laughs> in our contribution yeah. to you know the the yeah. postgrad research and practice that's going on so it's it's yeah. definitely growing yeah. i think it's really interesting now do you think that there's um a um, a place for um, bringing that idea, that concept, to the campus. So almost the reverse of. of I mean, you talked to Risa also in the past about uh, wow moments and, yeah. and create, you know, that inspiration that that, that that you that you need. And I wondered what you meant by that when you when you spoke about that. Was that about yeah, so, an experience or an emotion? Yeah, I, or I think it's mm. about emotion because I think the thing is now more than ever. Information's available everywhere, <laughs> and mm. and you're not really education isn't really about delivering information. It's about you know developing skills, and it, it it is partly it's partly about imparting you know what's understood in your field. But the thing is that people are only are only going to learn and engage with whatever they're interested in if they if they care about it. If they if they have a wow that's amazing or oh that's funny or I'm really curious about that or you know this sort of emotional moment starts the movement towards investigation and what what have you and we always say you know if you can get a kid to say well why is the sky blue <laughs> you know the minute mm. they ask that question mm. that makes them a scientist effectively you know that's what science is about it's about being curious and taking responsibility mm. for your own exploration of it but people only do that if they if they care and yes. they only care if it's exciting or it's 
you know, intriguing or annoying or whatever, you know, and those are all emotions. It's, um, it's yes. about engaging people as, you know, as a whole person, not just a brain. We've been doing a lot of work in university master planning where we're trying to bring interventions and relationships between culture, perhaps in the city. Uh, you're bringing a programme of events aligned with the universities together so that um, you're creating the festivals there and emotional experiences there rather than just a bunch of buildings. And, and, and I wondered what, what you thought about whether you could, you could reverse that, the idea of Blue Dot, but, but in a more campus-based experience. I, I think it's got to have... I think one of the things about Jojo, though, is it's the sense of place. It, and the fact yeah. that the site is dominated by a huge, massive radio telescope, which is a very weird thing, you know, just creates a certain experience. <clears throat> and, I mean, we do do, yes. you know, blue dot, micro dots, as we call them, in urban environments. And, I, and, um, right. and they, they have a different character. And the university actually has lots of other little festivals around. You know, there's a sustainability one and there's, there's various other things. And I think one of the things that you have to remember is there's a sort of authenticity, really, that, that is to do with a sense of place. And getting that tone right hmm. is quite an interesting challenge. I mean, it's, it just depends yes. on your... Like Teresa says, I think having something at Jodrell has its own particular impact uh, because of the location, because of... You know, it's very tied into that location and the giant telescope that's looking out into space while people are there. I think that's what people love about that. But equally, you know, you could have an event in the in the city and, and then you get a different group of people coming along. So, you know, the university has a community yeah. festival where, yes. you know, that's in one of the university buildings and local residents can come in and find out what's going on in those buildings. We did a, we set up a, uh, a science engagement event uh, it's called science x uh, a few years ago that's been very successful and it's in the trafford center the big shopping center in manchester or just out in trafford park just it was tim's idea actually so basically that's a site that's a, i know a faculty for the science and engineering faculty and we get we get a whole bunch of researchers and you know undergraduate postgraduate students researchers and they go into the shopping center and they set up stalls within the shopping center and we basically uh right. capture people that are doing the shopping and they're walking past and they see this stand yeah. you know with a i don't know might have a formula yes. one car on it or something like that if the engineering students are, are there or a, or a flight yes. simulator or a or a, a virtual reality headset showing them the universe you know which is what we've taken along and then yes. they basically come along and they have a go yes. and um, and they get to have a chat to some of the researchers. But that's a that's an intervention where you you know where you you interact with people that weren't expecting you to be there. You know they didn't have to make yes. an effort yes. to go to your event. You go to them, and that's another yes. way of doing yes. these things that uh, I think is quite uh, quite yes. important. And I think universities, you know, and picking up your point about what to do in universities and university buildings, it's like. Having buildings that are themselves, you know, we talked about the the first light pavilion, the new building at Jodrell, and how wonderful it is, and how amazing it looks, even from the, you know, from the outside and then from the inside, um, it's a different experience again. Mm. And that, you know, I think that is, you know, that should carry across into into 
as many university buildings as, as you can, you know, on campus um, mm. as well, because, mm. Mm. you know, that excitement of seeing the structure and, and, and then, you know, being able to go inside and find out what's going on in there is, I think, really really crucial actually and you do see yeah. you know there are there are nice there are nice buildings and there are less nice buildings and, and sometimes you don't need a building at all actually to create that sort of sense of place one of the one of the interesting projects we've just finished is at uh, brighton university a new academic building and business school but the idea behind it was to make it a a, a part of brighton mm. so that sense of place that you were talking about um, was really important for um community involvement and connection so we took the idea of the of the character of Brighton being artistic and a bit punky and a bit a bit anarchic and Brighton Pier and that sense of fun and activity and then the idea of the murmur the murmurations the starlings over Brighton Pier which I'm sure you're very familiar with as scientists about the state of flux and we tried to interpret that in the facade so that the fa- facade represented this sense of change. Uh, using different tile types and finishes and uh, reflectivity, whereas the lower levels was was all about the sense of fun and activity at Brighton Pier. So it's, it was quite an interesting project. But you can never tell how people are going to react to something and how they're going to then create their own experience and you know yes. engagement with the space. And so it's it's always a little bit of a you know I think I think one of the things I say. I've often said is we have to create spaces where these moments can happen, but you can't make them happen. (laughs) You've got to sort of try and facilitate, you know, put all the ingredients there and then people create their own encounters. And, you know, one of the things I really love kind of walking around Blue Dot, not quite with a paper bag over my head, but, you know, people don't recognize me as much as they recognize Tim because I haven't been on telly. But I love, you know, walking about. And then you see (laughs) families or you know, people just encountering experiments or, you know, somebody's making rockets out of pop bottles or you see them, you see one of your colleagues who in, you know, normal times is standing there giving a lecture, you know, being questioned quite, you know, (laughs) assiduously by a group of kids with sparkly hair or something and you just think, oh, that's really nice. So that you have that sense of, well, you've facilitated people creating their own moments you know it's it's um yeah it's quite a privilege to yeah. be able to yeah. you know see it's it happening amazing i remember coming as a boy to <laughs> to jodrell bank uh, my hometown's not far away and getting a little ticker tape uh, uh souvenir uh, everybody so mentions that julian everybody mentions that the ticker isn't, tape isn't it isn't it, isn't it amazing the ticker tape yeah. you, you these these sort of that experience is is still there isn't it that's been really really um, interesting thank you very much both of you for for those insights and for those um stories it's a delight for me to have worked on those projects with, with you both and it's been a privilege to get that learning as well um and I, I'm hoping, Tim, that you might just reveal about the aliens <laughs> right at the last point. But uh, come in now if you wish to say anything. Otherwise, um, yeah, all for me to say is thank you very, very much indeed. It's lovely to talk. And um, thank you all for listening. Um, you've been listening to, I feel like I'm on Radio 4, you've been listening to Hassle Talks with me, Julian Gitcham. 
So don't forget you can find more about our work and insights at hasslestudio.com. Thank you and good night. <laughs>